East Coast Creepin' contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, welcome to our podcast, East Coast Creepin'. I'm Linda. I'm Lorraine. And I'm Leslie. We're three sisters from the Baltimore, Maryland area. There is a fourth sister, and she will be making guest appearances throughout the series. We are obsessed with true crime, paranormal, and laughing. Join us for our weekly outburst as we dive into crazy stories that full-fledged from the East Coast. Just so you know, we do not have a background in criminal justice, criminal investigation, medicine, or psychology. This is all just for informative purposes. I was going to do the... I still can't do it. What is that? What does that mean? Huh? The want, 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 want. It's like the basketball thing. Okay, DJ. I don't know. Leslie's child could do it. Something. Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> how's everybody's new year going? Dun, dun, dun. New. Oh, what? Very nice. I asked how your new year is going. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway, I'm here, right? We're alive. <laughs> okay, what are we doing, you guys? Uh, I'm currently sending one of my children pictures of Sphinx cats. So no. That's what I <laughs> so we're not shooting the map today. Nope. Oh my God, Linda. <laughs> we're not shooting the map today because obviously no. we know where we're going. Oh, also, I'm hmm. just going to stick this in here in the beginning since like, whatever. I don't know who actually listens to the end. But Patreon, we have new content on there. So if you want to join Patreon, we have this lovely two-part <laughs> Q&A because Linda had to leave in the middle of it. There were things that were happening. I know! I'm not saying anything. <clears throat> so we, like, Skyped and we did a Q&A. It was a lot of fun. Leslie's weird. I watched them again. Your faces and how like your Skype would just randomly zoom into your face. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with it. I'm sorry. But yeah, so we have some new content on there. And then I'm also putting up an audio file on there of people singing Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. It must have been a good, uh, good day that day. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> So, should we just hop right into it? Well, don't we have to explain first? Are we going to recap? Yeah, no, we are, but I'm saying. Okay, wait. Question. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. What happened to your candle? You were saying something. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay. So, wait. My candle's gone. My rock is gone. No, the rock is over there because it was being cleansed. The candle (coughs) is right here because... That's what Tessa gave us. You want to turn it on? Yes. Oh. I need the vibes. We'll open it. Wait. <laughs> Idiot. Stop doing that. <laughs> she blessed it again. Okay, so <clears throat> tell us what happened. It was a dark night, just like tonight. <laughs> My God, you didn't even cut the little bulb thing off. What is going on? 
What? Ow. It was like sparkling. Stop. She told me to cut the bulb thing off. You're going to catch the roof on fire. <laughs> I love how you both looked up. I can't. Um, okay, wait. So there's two parts to this story. Okay. Are you guys listening? Yes. To me? <laughs> okay. So first part. This has been happening for a couple of months. Like, okay, I have my nose pierced, right? And my nose rings keep going missing. Like, I'm not swallowing them and shitting them out. But, like... Your nose rings. You swallow your nose rings and then okay, shit them this out. Okay, this is... No. What are you, a fucking lizard? Do you go... Okay. You just, like, suck it in? I don't no, understand. No, listen. Okay, are there... Do you wear studs? No. Listen. Listen. So... <clears throat> No, that was because of a comment Jonathan made. Because he was like, you sucked it up through your nasal passages and you swallowed it, didn't you? I'm like, no. That's that what would I was thinking. freaking hurt. I use the corkscrew ones. Like, the really big corkscrew ones because I have a big nose. And then I also got, like, a hoop that has, like, the captive ball. That one went missing, too. But anyways, we're getting there. So... <laughs> My so nose, why not just get an infinity hoop? Because that's what I did, and it still went missing. It's not in my nose. That was the last one that I had. No, you're not thinking of the right thing, but continue. The one that's like you bend it and then put it in, and it's like seamless? This one. Yeah. No, you did it wrong. Anyway. I can't even bend it with two pliers. There's no way that your fucking Superman nose is going to bend it. Honestly, <laughs> picking in her nose. Anyway, so I like all of my nose rings right? keep going missing out of my nose, right? And then I'm just like, fuck it. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm not looking for this shit anymore. I'm just going to go buy a new one. So I go buy a new one and then I just find my nose rings sitting on like either the bathroom counter or on the dresser or on like my nightstand just sitting there like perfectly placed there and I'll ask Jonathan if he's found it and he's like no I thought you lost it (laughs) and I'm just like there's a ghost in this house fucking with me there's literally fucking with me so the other day I sat in my room and I was just like look I was like, I don't have time for this. I was like, I'm spending a lot of money on nose rings. I'm like, just put them all on the bathroom counter. Why the fuck were two of them sitting on the bathroom counter the next day? And I asked if he found them. And he said, no, I thought you lost them. Not to mention, if I lost them while I was sleeping and I shake my blankets out, our fucking Roomba would have eaten them. Fair enough. Maybe the Roomba put it back. (laughs) Robert the Roomba. Yeah, okay. Robert did it. Yes. You named your Roomba. Like two days ago. No, like two days ago, because I was talking to my Kindle and I named my Kindle Kendall. She's Kendall the Kindle. So I felt like the Roomba needed a name because he's been with us longer. What? Okay. So I think that's weird. It's Kendy the Kindle. Her and I talk a lot when I'm reading. Like, about the other what? day I was crying about Finley and how she's a dumbass, and Jonathan was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was, like, all sad in the corner. <laughs> Is that... No, Finley was a character in a no, book. No, no, I understand. Never mind. What? Is that normal? No, no, no. Does the Kindle talk back? No! 
Oh, I don't know. No, like I have I have the newest Siri talks back. Yeah, no, I know. Sometimes she does. But I have like the newest Kindle edition, but she doesn't talk back. I just talked her. Don't you dare fart. I didn't. I was taking my shoes off because my feet are hot. Um, but in reference to the candle of death, Linda, I don't like this candle. Okay, lies. I like this candle, but I don't like her blessing it constantly. Her little... Come on. Why didn't you tell us this story? Does it have to do with your nose rings? No, but I just wanted to tell you my nose ring story because I've been meaning to tell (laughs) you guys that. But then more recent developments happened with them showing up on the counter. Freak the fuck out. Why don't you put them in like a lockbox? She can't if they fall out her fucking nose. And I do put like my extras. Now I have a a shit bunch of extras. Whatever. In little cases, and I put them in my jewelry thing. Anyway. What are we doing? Who is this? Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Part two. Oh, my God. Ever since the candle was blessed, there have been a lot of weird happenings that Fen and I have been seeing, because, you know, the other one is, like, (laughs) in his own little land. So Fen does a lot where he comes in here and has been staring at that corner Cause like I've been walking by the room and he'll stop and then he comes in and then he just goes and stares at it. And I'm just like, what if it's oh, leaking? Oh no. Girl, does that look like it's leaking? Watch it leak tomorrow. Don't say that. Oh my God. I've had it with my upstairs neighbor and all the <clears> bullshit <throat> that happens because of that. <laughs> but yeah, there's a suppo- apparently a lot of freaky things going in that corner and I just stare at it, and then I get really uncomfortable. And I don't know if I'm uncomfortable because my son is making me uncomfortable. Oh, my God. Get on with it. <laughs> I'm over this. <laughs> There's something in your corner, Linda. It's okay. She doesn't give a shit. I know she doesn't. All day, every day. Because she's over here like, speak. I'm <laughs> Okay. So, are we recapping? Yes. So, briefly... Roy Rogers. <laughs> no, I was laughing. Okay. I know. We're While Linda is looking at that, we're going to do a little recap. So last week, we went over Ted Bundy's early life. He was born November 24th, 1946 in Vermont. That's as specific as we're getting. He had abusiveness. He was crazy. He burnt cats, tiger traps. Tiger lilies. Peep and Tom. Potentially kidnapped or murdered a girl when he was 14 already. Wait, I don't remember that part. The eight-year-old who was home alone. Oh. And I also found out she wasn't home alone. Her parents were in the living room and she was upstairs in her bedroom, but her bedroom was on the first floor and her window was open. Wait, she was upstairs on the first floor. I mean, sorry. Her parents were in the living. They had like a rancher. Her parents were in the living room. She was in her bedroom, so everything's on the first floor. And her glass window was open, so all he had to do was, like, pop the screen out. She was, like, in bed, and her parents were home. So, yeah, she wasn't home alone. Blah, 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 law school. Uh, Yeah, so right now we are starting. Hey is... Tropical smoothie. That's not really breakfast. It's filling. Anyway... So, (laughs) now Ted is in college. He graduated from from Woodrow Wilson High School 
in Woodrow. 19- Woodrow. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Woodrow Let's <laughs> call you rabbit <laughs> Woodrow Wood Wood Woodrow Whatever He The WWH In, in 1965 Woodrow Wilson what? Hi How do you spell it? W-O-O-D-R-O-W Woodrow Yeah Woodrow I Woodrow. just it's because Woodrow. I can't I I, know, I, know. I couldn't say it because you started fucking up and then it made I my can't brain say go it the right way. Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> How's that high when it's college? No, I said he. I'm talking about high school into college. We're oh, recapping. we're recapping. Oh, my bad. Stepping <laughs> there, everybody just. She's. It's early. We tired. <laughs> I'm not tired. Shh, I'm I was ready. trying to give you an excuse. She doesn't care. <laughs> I know she doesn't. <laughs> so he was awarded a scholarship to the University of Puget Sound. Yes. Mm-hmm. He began the fall of '65, and he was taking courses in psychology and Oriental studies. That didn't sound PC to me, but I was just like, I'm assuming this is like Asian studies. But anyway. I would assume that too. After two semesters at that university, he transferred to Seattle University of Washington. While he was a university student there, he worked as a grocery bagger and a shelf stalker at a Seattle Safeway. It kind of... Are we still recapping? No. (laughs) Why didn't you tell me that? I'm like, I haven't heard this information before. I literally zoned out because I thought we were recapping. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So he's working as like a grocery bagger and a shelf food putter bagger at a Safeway in Seattle. And yes. I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Yes, IHOP is back on the menu, boys. <laughs> I love my daughter. Okay. You know we're recording, right? Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> this <bitch>. idiot. <laughs> so. Uh, Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. University mm-hmm, of Washington. Mm-hmm. As he's working in this Safeway it becomes kind of apparent to some people that he's starting to shoplift, which is a little weird because it's like, why would he be shoplifting? But as we get further into this, like you'll kind of see that he sticks to his shoplifting ways like his entire freaking life. It's weird. Because he's a criminal. I understand that. <laughs> Sit closer. <clears throat> oh, man. Gotta this push. sucks. This- Oh. Are we going to push you against the table? She's waiting for it. <laughs> Her face. <laughs> Bamboozled again. <laughs> so as part of his course studies for psychology, he started working as a volunteer for the night shift at a suicide hotline for Seattle. Hmm. I thought that was kind of weird. Had, is this because he has his background in 
Psych? So because he's doing psychology, like his classes are, he's majoring in mm-hmm. psychology, they um, have him volunteer. Like, I guess they probably did one of those things like, here, pick from all these programs and you can volunteer right. for something. But he picked the suicide hotline, which is actually where he met Anne Rule, the woman who writes the book about him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you, we talked about her yet, yesterday. <laughs> Last time. I thought she was a childhood friend. The no. neighbor? That's Doris. She Betty. wrote a book too? No. Anne Rule <laughs> wrote a book. The neighbor did a lot. She did interviews. Oh. I can't remember her name now. Kathy. Kathy? I don't know. Hold Bates. on. All I got is Kendall in my head. Kendall the Kindle. Hold on. No, I got it. It's my paper right here. Wasn't it like Doris or something? Because it was very Harry Guidnick. <laughs> Diane? No. No. God, I wish I could read Roy Rogers. <laughs> it's you like sometimes it like, you? no. Don't get it near the fire. She's it, very close to the fire. Ow. It looks really nice. And then here it's just like, oh, shit. Anne Marie. <clears throat> Anne Marie. Who's Anne Marie? Peeping Eight of Tom, our wolf he attacked her. buttermilk pancakes. No. Four servings of scrambled eggs. Yes, hash browns. Linda, I don't give a shit. We can make strawberry cheesecake pancakes. No cheese on eggs? Oh, Diane was his girlfriend at the university. Then he went to Temple in Philly, blah, 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 political campaign. You have more to add to this? Yes. Okay, so we never, you, like, you're jumping around. Okay, I don't. Yeah, like, I Apparently I didn't write it on here. No, so what I did was, like, I kind of went a little bit into it, but now we're going to kind of do more because of, like, it was kind of a stopping point. Right. Okay. So it's kind of like recap, go back, go forward. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't have it. Sandy. Yes. Sandy Holt. Yeah. Yeah. That's his neighbor. And Rule works with him at the suicide. Okay. All this for one woman's name. <laughs> <clears throat> at this time, while he's working at the Safeway. So a lot of these crimes and incidents i'm kind of gonna put like a little disclaimer kind of thing saying that he confessed to these but it was never confirmed not all of them but like he confessed to them but it was never confirmed because in the end it doesn't even matter <laughs> yes <laughs> not gonna lie i listened to that song last night <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you've already been up for like five hours. <laughs> She's not tired. <laughs> but yeah, so like in the end, he was only charged with shut the fuck up, Leslie, <laughs> with three murders. So there's a shit ton more that he committed that he confessed to. But then some of them, it's kind of like the murders that he was convicted for did not happen in this timeline. No, they do. Okay. Oh, well, not. <sighs> We're going to get there. Okay. It's happening this episode. Everyone's going to find out by the end of the episode. Okay. (laughs) So he's working at the Safeway in Seattle. And in June of 65, which is like when he moves here before the fall semester starts. Anyway. (laughs) Why is she laughing? I don't know. Is she still laughing at her Lincoln Park joke? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. 
Why is it speaking Spanish? <laughs> okay. Where's so live? much going wrong in this situation? So and he's roll. working at the Safeway. Safeway. It is June of 65 this has not been confirmed to be him but the mo is very ted bundy and the apartment for these two women is literally around the corner from the safeway where he worked okay and he worked nights and this happened like at the time that he would have been getting off and going home Hmm. so it's kind of like and he sort of alluded to it in his like mass confessions in the end of his life so it's like (laughs) but Lonnie Trumbull and he murdered her in her apartment and he seriously injured her roommate Lisa Wick they don't really like I've looked for details they don't really go into it but we're gonna get into his MO so you can imagine what he did but they were found in their apartment later that day you said Lonnie was she was murdered. murdered And okay. Lisa Wick was seriously injured. Mm-hmm. From fall of 1966 to spring of 1969, he is attending the University of Washington. And from 67 to 68, he is courting this woman. Her name is Stephanie Brooks. She is the same one from last time that you had said her name. Right. Uh, they just use a lot of pseudonyms for her. Because her actual name isn't out there. So there are a couple pseudonyms, but from now on we're using Stephanie Brooks. Okay. So Stephanie Brooks and him began their relationship at the university. They met in 1967. She graduated in 68 and she returned home to California. At this point, she kind of ended her relationship with Ted, but he was like in love with her because like I said last time, she was extremely wealthy She's very posh, very beautiful. She's gorgeous. I'll show you pictures of her. She broke up with Ted because of his lack of ambition. She described him as immature and he does not lack, and he does not, and he lacks (laughs) ambition. Ambition. But. (laughs) So around this time is when Ted told Anne that he went to Vermont (laughs) I don't like what you're doing. Stop pulling shit out of there. Oh, my God. <clears throat> so. <laughs> this is a weird. It gave me a weird vibe. <laughs> so. Anne Rule says that Ted told her around this time when him and Stephanie break up is when he goes to Vermont. And he visits the local records clerk. And this is when he on uncovers the truth of him not having a legal father like he doesn't know who his real father is could have shot it true shot what you're like it's in washington we know where it is today he just landed in vermont yeah oh my god anyway so after he discovers that he doesn't have a real father like he doesn't know who his dad is he becomes more focused and determined about like what he wants to do oh, and like his now domi- he's got ambition. Yes, because she broke up with him and he's like trying to get back with her. So after he figures all of this out, he goes back to Seattle and he this is when he does the presidential it was a presidential campaign. I thought it was the governor. It's a presidential campaign for Nelson Rockefeller in Seattle. 
he attends the Republican convention in Miami and he's a supporter and he's also whatever. He re-enrolls at the University of Washington. Now he's majoring mm-hmm. in psychology and he becomes an honor student. All of the teachers are like, we love him. He's so wonderful. But he, from January to May of 69, he's attending Temple University in Philadelphia. This is the law school? Yes. Mm-hmm. In Philly. So this is where shenanigans starts going down. Like, for real, for real. Mm-hmm. And there are some other things that, like, have gone down, but we don't know if they've gone down. Like, we'll get you there. You got some chapstick? My lips are kind of dry. <laughs> um, Sorry. <laughs> I mean, probably in my bathroom somewhere. Okay. Keep on going. Sorry. <laughs> I just... So this is going to be, like... I don't know. You'll figure it out. So in the fall of 1969, he re-enters the University of Washington. So this is after Stephanie breaks up with him. He's all like, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the best man ever. Whatever. And he meets Elizabeth Kleppfer. It's K-L-O-E-P-H-E-R. And she is his girlfriend for about six to seven years. Oh, wow. So while all of this is going down, she is his girlfriend. It's a little on and off. You'll kind of see mm-hmm. how that goes. He's crazy. Anyway, I mean, I think we all knew that. But anyway, so Elizabeth is 24 years old. She is working as a secretary in the School of Medicine at the university. He had dropped out in 68 from like the law school. And then he was returning to the University of Washington. Does that make sense? Say it again. I'm blacked out. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Did you get that? It's like, uh. Supposed to be listening? Yeah. So he dropped out from Temple University, so he never finished that law school. Right. And then he went for a couple months. Yeah. So when he meets Elizabeth is when he's re-enrolling in college at the University of Washington. So that's when he meets her. Elizabeth is a divorced single mom. She describes herself as shy, insecure, and lonely. And how she met Ted was, oddly enough, her and her friend were at a bar. And she was trying to get away from this creepy guy. He was the creepy guy? No, it was some other guy. And then she goes up to the bar and she sees him there. And she, like, asks him some weird question about, like, why do you look like your pet died or something like that? Like, he just looked really upset. And he just, like, laughed it off. And then they hit it off. He went home with her that night, but, like, nothing happened. She said he was a total gentleman, like, he didn't stay in the bed with her. Nothing like that happened. The next morning, he was, like, making breakfast for her and his her daughter. And then it was just, like, from there, the butterflies. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As all this is going down, in 1970, they're still together, and now they're talking about, like, we're going to get married. This is moving quick, y'all. So they went to the courthouse. They got their marriage license. What 
month was this of 70? Uh, it never gave me an exact month. Even in like looking through her book, it didn't give me an exact month. Mm-hmm. But she said it was about seven months after they okay. met. Since Elizabeth's parents were coming into town and her parents are like super conservative, which I'm just like, dude, you're divorced and you have a child and you're a single mom, but you're worried about your conservative parents coming to your house and there is a man living in your house. Fair enough. I mean, I guess. Um, So she told him, well, she asked him if he could move his stuff out so that. But they were married at this point. No, they got their marriage license. They hadn't gotten married. Okay. Okay. So they went and got their marriage license. And she's like, I just don't want my parents to be upset with the fact that you're living with me and all this stuff. So he goes off on her and I quote, you're a grown woman, Liz. You have a daughter of your own and a life of your own. For God's sake, grow up. And he tears the marriage license into pieces and just throws it around the living room and leaves. And she doesn't see him for uh, about a week or two after that. Holy shit. Mm hmm. Mm. Did they still get married? Okay, so they didn't marry. No, they did not marry. They had their marriage license and, like, she was going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume since they had the license, they got married. No, but, no, no, okay. no, no. Mm-mm. That's not how it works. No. Nope. So they're, like, on and on, on and on, on and off. They're on and off for a little bit. And, like, at this point, things are a little, like, calm. But she does state in one of her interviews and in her book that like he had mood swings but come to find out he had bipolar disorder he had ptsd he had all these other things going on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so he had all of these mood swings but she just thought he was moody so he would be like nice loving he would be outside playing with her daughter and like her daughter thought so highly of him like even when you watch the interviews it's I feel sad for the daughter because, like, she was a baby when she knew him. And, like, he was literally, like, her father figure. But from what it was like, he was very sweet to her and he never did anything wrong. And she never really saw, like, the fights happen. But he would, like, freak out on Liz and then be gone for a couple of days. And Liz would be sad and her daughter's like, what's happening? Is it okay? And all this stuff. But, like... How old was the daughter? Uh, When they met, she was about four or five. Okay. The spring of 73, he graduates from the University of Washington. Wait, what year are we in? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. You're the one that's telling the story. Because I was like, it didn't, because I was thinking 63 in my head. I'm like, no, we were just in 70. Okay. So he graduates from the University of Washington with a degree of psychology Now he goes back to working with the Republican Party and he begins his close relationship with Governor Evans. And this is when he does that whole thing, like he follows the Democratic Party, the Democratic opponent around the state. He's taping recordings of the Democratic opponent's speeches. (laughs) He's reporting back personally to Governor Evans. Mm -hmm. And then it's like this whole mini scandal and this is when, like, he does that news interview and he's like, they're making it to be something bigger than it is, but it's not about me. It's bigger than me and all this stuff. But you can just see that he's, like, so excited because he's, like, on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> but he, like, 
in in his taped confessions, <laughs> he does talk about this because he goes through like his whole life, and he's like, I had wigs and costumes. Like he really dressed up to mm-hmm. go to this. It was I was just like, why just stand there with like a blue shirt on? <laughs> Anyway. Because then they would know. I guess. In the you can put your hand over it. Just don't draw okay, out okay. whatever's in there. Okay. Yeah, whoever we got the, whoever she got this from on the Etsy, I don't know, yo. But anyway. It's from Michigan. Everything bad happens in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anyway, anyway. He is it is the fall of seventy three. He enrolls to the University of Utah for law. He does really bad. He's skipping classes. His grades are poopy scoopy. And some of his teachers didn't necessarily pull strings to get him in. But, like, he got letters of recommendations when they were like, his grades are kind of poop, but he's actually a really smart person kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's how he got in. But it wasn't his first choice school. But beggars can't be choosers. While he's on a business trip to California in the summer of 73, he meets up with Stephanie Brooks again. Mm-hmm. And she's all like, who is this man? Because he's like, not a slacker anymore. Because he's been on TV, you know? <laughs> kind of. And he's a hot shot now. She's like, he's got his new life. He's got a new attitude. Like, he's being serious. He's a dedicated professional. He's in law school. And at the same time, he is still dating Elizabeth. But Elizabeth is like, yeah, he's off at work. So he's dating both of them. Okay. And throughout the rest of the year. When did he get that with Stephanie? Because he's, I mean, not Stephanie, Elizabeth. They were off and on. Yeah, they were on and off again. So he would leave and come back. And, like, it was like they were broken up, but they weren't broken up. They were still... Mm -hmm. It's complicated. Facebook said it's complicated. All right. Both of them didn't know the other one existed. I mean, one of them's in Washington and the other one's in California. They don't really know anything about each other. Wait, where's Utah? (laughs) Utah? It's that one that looks like this. It's it's where all the Mormons are. I don't... What does that mean? Utah is like the Mormon they capital were, of the world. I thought that was Ohio. No, it's Utah. What? Trust, it's Utah. Okay. Are you thinking about Amish people? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, so it's between Idaho and... Watch. Oh, it's under... What's that one then? This one? The one on top of it. That's Nevada. Idaho. Okay, that's the one I was thinking of. Utah. That's so weird. It's a corner state. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm in the four states. I want to do that. I do, too. Even though I'm making fun of it right now, I do want to do that. <laughs> anyway. Lies. Okay. So, oh, he's... So, where's the University of Utah in Utah that he's able to meet up with her? Or he he's currently... No, this was before he went is going to school. Okay. Never mind. Go ahead. Sorry. My timeline is like, eh. yeah, it's a, it's a little. So he, it's the summer of the year before he, yeah, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so he's courting Stephanie throughout this whole time. The rest of the year, he proposes to Stephanie. Uh huh. She accepts his. Oh proposal. my god! Two weeks later, 
which is New Year's of 1974, he just uh, was like, ha ha, bitch, and just dumped her and left. Stephanie? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, yeah. No, I remember this. That's so funny. Yes. She You can't have this. Devastated. I don't think I would want this, but I feel like... Anyway, so he left. He's not returning her calls because at this point, that's all she can really do. It's not like she can be blowing up his FaceTime or something. So she's like not returning. He's not returning any of her calls. He goes back to Washington State, and this is where shit goes crazy. Oh, God. She followed him home. No. So, one of the things that I'm going to tell you now is 90% of his victims resemble Stephanie in some way. Okay. And it's, oh, so he's like out to get anybody. And then, okay, go ahead. Uh-huh. Some places said this was January 4th. Other places said this was February 4th. Lord only knows. So, February 4th of 1974, Karen... Sparks Epley, uh, a pseudonym that they used for her was Johnny Lenz. She was Ted's first official victim and one of the only women to ever survive his attacks. Oh, geez. Mm -hmm. It's because he was starting out. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) I'm not laughing. Wait, what was her name? Karen Sparks Epley. E-P-L-E-Y. For a while, she never really came out about what happened to her because she wanted to just keep all of this private. So recently is when she came out about all this because she was like, I just want to deal with it and cope with everything that happened to me instead of having like all of this media attention and crap on me. Mm -hmm. She was attacked in her home. She had gone to sleep. She lived in a really big house with other people around her age. Uh, it's kind of like one of those college houses. It's just like a really big house, and her ha- her room is in the basement. The reason she was found, I'm going to get into, like, what happened, but the reason she was found was because, like, the next day, she never came out of her room, and everyone was looking for her, and her brother actually found her. Oh. Several hours later. This was at the uh, the university? Oh, this is in her house outside of the university. She lived off of campus. Okay. Her housemates went to check on her, and her brother found her laying in bed. Her hair and her face were matted in dried blood. She had been beaten with a metal rod off of the bed frame. And when they pulled the covers back, they were pretty freaking horrified because that same metal rod, he used it to sexually assault her. And in jamming that metal rod into her, it also punctured her bladder at the same time. Amazingly, through all of this... Why are you smiling? (laughs) She lived. Uh, She never really regained any memory of the attack from how bad, like, he hit her in the head. Everyone just thought it was a random act of violence because she had no enemies. She was, like, one of those really nice, sweet girls. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, who the fuck would do this to her? But, yeah. So, she had surgeries and she got a lot of it fixed. She does have some (laughs) permanent damage from that in her internal organs. But she's alive. So, that was his first known victim. And she looks like 
Stephanie or no? Mm-hmm. Oh. I'll show you pictures of everyone in the end. And there's a lot of pictures, like a, a lot of pictures. So. I can imagine. So this is one that really fucking pissed me off. I mean, they all really pissed me off. But then I was like watching the friends talk about it, like from news reports from when this actually fucking happened. And like then. <laughs> anyway, OK, we're going to get there. Linda Ann Healy. She oh, is like, 21 why? years old. <laughs> she is 21 years old, and she is a student at the University of Washington. She is tall and beautiful, and she's got this lark, lark, long dark hair and blue eyes. She was a ski forecaster for the local radio station. So every morning she would do like a ski report, and she didn't show up for work that day. So they told the news station was just like, oh yeah, she's sick. But then she didn't show up for work again. And they were just like, okay, something's going on because she's very reliable. Even people who just listened to the radio station were like, something weird is happening because she seems extremely reliable. So something, something's not right. On the 31st, people remember Linda waking up at 3.30 a.m. like always. She went over to the reports office just like always, she did everything she would always do. Her whole day went as normal. That night, she goes to sleep. Her alarm starts going off at 5.30 in the morning. And the girl who was in the room next to her woke up and was like, what the hell? It's 5.30 in the morning. Why isn't she up and like turning her alarm off? But then she went back to sleep. And then again, at 6 o'clock, her alarm goes off and she was like, why is Linda not getting her alarm? Like, this is not normal. <laughs> so she went in and turned off the alarm, but she noticed that Linda's bed was completely made, which was weird because she never made her bed, ever. This dude She true. never made her bed. Like, her, her room was never made. Like, her bed was never made. Right. And Must be a Linda thing. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Linda's boss called not shortly after they had like found her room, and he was like, "Where's Linda at?" And they're like, "What are you talking about? She's not home." So they were just like, "Okay, that's weird because she's not at work. She's not here. Her bed's made." Hmm? And then they went downstairs. Her bike is still in the basement. Hmm. Because she would put oh. her bike in the basement when she came home, and then of course how she far? Would away was the radio station mm. enough to bike to yeah but if you walk it it might take you like an hour or so why would you want to do that and another thing was is that linda had plans with her parents for that night that she was going to make them dinner mm-hmm. and she never showed up it's all happening in the same day. They find her bed made. She doesn't come to work, but they're like, okay, maybe she's out somewhere. And it's not like they can call her because there's no cell phones or anything. Right. So then her parents are just like, okay, well, we're worried, but we don't know what's happening. But then she doesn't show up for dinner for the dinner that she was supposed to make for her family. Police. So they call the police at this point. Because <laughs> they figured, oh, no, shit is serious. Like, she is not here for dinner. Shit is crazy. So, this is the shit that pissed me off, okay? I understand we're not supposed to, like, jump to conclusions and we're supposed to, like, do whatever, blah, 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 investigate. 
So they're talking to all of her roommates and they're just like, okay, well, maybe she ran off with her boyfriend and you guys don't know about it. And they're like, no, Linda wouldn't do that. Linda doesn't even have a boyfriend. What are you talking about? It's not our Linda. It's their Linda. Okay. This Linda would never (laughs) run away with her boyfriend. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So, so they're just like, no, Linda wouldn't do that. And they're just like, maybe she was feeling stressed. Maybe she left. Maybe she went to do something. They're like, no, Linda is super responsible. She would have left us a note. She would have let us know something. She would have called from a payphone. Like something would have happened. And they were like, well, maybe she doesn't have a boyfriend. Maybe she left and didn't tell you guys about it because she's getting an abortion right now and doesn't want you guys to know. The fuck? Yes. Yes. Why are you trying to put excuses on this? You're the police. Do your fucking job. Literally what they did. Like that. Yes. And I was so. How long was she missing? Um, At this point, it's that night. So okay. they haven't seen so her all day. So it's less than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we'll talk about it another day. Because so, there's another case that really pisses me off, but... You can bring it up? I mean, not now. Yeah. You can talk about it. Yeah. At the end. No. So... Just do your research on it. All of this it's is... not here, though. Huh? It's not here, though. Oh, I don't give a we shit. We should make okay, something fine. up. Anyway. <laughs> so... Put it on the Patreon. As all of this is going down and all of the girls keep being interviewed, it's the next day, so it's the 2nd of February, and news reporters, everything, news reporters are repeating what the cops said. The cops are saying what they're saying on the fucking news about, she probably ran away, we don't know, abortion, boyfriend, who knows what's going on. They're Literally on, on the, the news? fucking news. Yeah. And then, it was so cute, I'm probably going to start crying. So... One of the girls, she was like, I knew Linda was going to come home, and I knew she was probably watching the news. So when the reporters were asking me about her, I told them that she is very responsible, and she's probably just studying somewhere. She's like, and I looked at the camera, and I smiled because I knew Linda would think it was cute that I said that she studied when she watched the news. (laughs) And I was just like... I couldn't I couldn't handle it because she was like, yeah, but then I realized Linda never watched the news. And I was just like, <gasps> my heart. Wait, what? Just <laughs> just wait, because this is what she's talking about to the, the cameras about right. Linda. So because she, she thought that Linda was just somewhere. Right. No, no, no. I understand that. But so, then she knows that she doesn't watch the that news. she would never see that on the news. Oh, because she's dead. Yes. So, after this almost day of investigation, the cops finally decide, okay, well, since maybe there's something a little bit like foul play here, we'll investigate into the bedroom. They pull back the sheets to her bed. Her bed is completely covered in blood. Jesus Christ. Her nightgown was found stuffed in the closet. So if they would have done, sorry, if they would have done that, they would have known from At the beginning. At the first t- speaking of mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Her nightgown is found stuffed <laughs> in the closet. The neckline of her nightgown is clover- covered in blood. The clothes that she had worn that day, like the day before, so like before she went to bed, they were missing. There was no trace of her attacker. Like everything was a little bit cleaned up and 
they could not find her body. Like, at this point, they were like, okay, you know, obviously something happened. We need to try and find her. If it's not a missing persons, we know it's, like, a recovery mission, but her body wasn't found. Ever? Uh, So there is a place that is later come to know, come to be known as Bundy's Graveyard. Mm Mm-hmm where they find a skull that matches Linda Healy's skull, and that is the only piece they ever found. In his confessions, he does say that he severed her head from the rest of her body. The fuck? But her head was severely bludgeoned. Damn. And he does say that after he attacked her in the house and basically immobilized her, he did rape her and then beat her, like, killed her. She also looked like Stephanie. Mm -hmm. So this was a couple days before that other one that you just told us. So I don't know, because some places were saying that was January January or or February. So that's why I'm, like, it could have been before or a little bit after. Why didn't the roommates pull down the sheets of her bed if they knew that she never made her bed? I don't know. Hmm. I just want you guys to make sure that, like, if I ever go missing, just tell the cops. Be like, no, seriously, you're going through everything. Like, touch everything. Look through every goddamn drawer. Okay, so when Linda and my husband go on their vacation, we need to tell the cops across the seas to look through everything. (laughs) Oh, they won't, but it's okay. (laughs) We need to hire our own PIs, apparently. Yes. Because if you see investigations that happen with people that go abroad, go missing, no, nothing ever comes of it. Mm-hmm. Like, ever. They just stay missing. Yeah, I know. A couple weeks later, there's a man chilling around the campus. Mm-hmm. Still the same campus. This is, well, no lies. This is Central Washington University in Ellensburg, Washington. At this point, there's a man, and he's going around, he's got a cast on, he's injured, he's asking people, you know, can you help me get this into my car? One young woman, her name is Jane Curtis, she was helping Ted carry books to his car, but she was kind of like, something weird is happening. So she got really suspicious, and... When he, like, tried to kind of press her to go into the car to put his books in there, she kind of just dropped that shit and ran. And then it happened with another girl as well. So he tried kidnapping her? Mm Mm-hmm. So March 12th, 1974, Donna Mason is at this college. Well, she's at a college nearby. It's Evergreen College. She is... Very intelligent. She is five feet tall. So cute. So pretty. She's got long, dark hair. She was actually lined up to be a flutist in a symphony nearby. She was very talented. Flutist? Not flautist? Yes. Trust me. <laughs> okay. I play the flute, not the flout. Wood row? No. Uh, I actually watch a lot of professional flute players, and they're like, don't call me a flautist. I'm a flutist. Okay. I don't know. I would never. Okay. I mean, even in school, I didn't call myself a flautist. I was like, yeah, I'm a flutist. Anyway. I've never heard you call yourself a flutist. In school, when I had to explain to people in drama club that I was in band. I never knew that. 
But yeah, anyway. Drama people are not in band? Not all of them. Most of us were in choir, but I did choir and band and color guard. No. I mean, the people in the orchestra pit were in band. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So she stayed out late a little bit every once in a while. They said it was often enough for her to, like, for her roommates to cover for her while she slept in class because sometimes she went out. At this point in March, some of her friends were saying that she was a little depressed and she wasn't reported missing for six days because she had a habit of kind of just like going off and doing whatever she wanted. On March 12th, she had left her room around 7 p.m. to walk to a jazz concert on campus. She was never seen alive again. Ted had confessed confessed to her murders, to her murder, and said that her parts of her body should have been in that graveyard site when they found that. They didn't find her well, bloodied and all that crap? No, because she was... she was not home. Mm-hmm. And she was walking to a concert, so because that, the whole thing with those two girls earlier in the same day... Mm-hmm happened with him like pretending that like he was her or whatever so they were like she would have definitely helped him like if he had a sling and crutches like he was doing with everyone else she would have been like okay let me help you and then at that point he was just like knocking him in the head or pushing them into his vault into his beetle and just locking them in there and then running like driving away with them (laughs) so so now we're going to talk about susan rancourt from the Central Washington State Campus. At this point, like, this is, like, all happening in Washington. So the police are kind of like, okay, something might be going on, but we don't entirely know. Maybe it's just a string of weird kidnappings or people are just going off to get abortions. Like, seriously, they said the same shit about the other girl because she, like, went missing and they couldn't find her. So, and, like, during this time, especially in Washington State, it is a very pro-women's rights movement going on on all of the campus. Like, they're... And then... um, And then all the creepy old dudes with, like, screaming at the young college girls. It was pissing me off so bad. Because I was just like, seriously? You old jerk. Get a fucking life. Anyway. So, (laughs) it was just a lot of, like... Mm -hmm. I can't think. My words were (laughs) getting stuck. So, Susan Rancourt is 19 years old. She disappeared on April 17, 1974, from Central Washington State College. The only reason that she differed from all the other girls is because she was blonde. She worked two two full-time jobs, seven days a week, and that was to help pay for her tuition. She was from Alaska. She was extremely bright. She was ambitious. She was going into medicine. She averaged, her college GPA averaged a 4.0 while working full-time in a nursing home and in another job. Jesus Christ. She's a genius. She went for jobs. Or didn't sleep. Yeah. She went for jogs every morning. She took karate and self-defense classes. Like, this when is... does she have time for any of this? She has a boyfriend. <clears throat> Yo, let me tell you, whatever energy drink she was on, get me some. <laughs> <laughs> Not an energy drink. 
But at the same time, she was completely terrified of the dark and never went anywhere by herself. On this night, she it was around the time of midterms final, and there was a new job opening for a dorm advisors, and she was like, yeah, I'm going to take this job and everything. Her friend said that she was really preoccupied with thinking about that all night. Like, I have my finals coming up. I want to get this job. I want to do this. I have to study. And, like, she's doing her laundry. And she walked to the advisor meeting by herself after she loaded her laundry. After the advisor's meeting, she never came back. No one had seen her since the advisor meeting. Like, she went to mm-hmm. the advisor meeting. She was supposed to come back. And then she would finish her laundry and go Did anybody see the creepy guy walking around campus? No, because it's late at night. Shrugging and jumping your shoulders. Why? Why is it funny? (laughs) So the meeting for the advisor meeting had ended at nine, and she had planned to meet with a friend to see a German film, and Susan never showed up. They kind of figured, oh, maybe she's so preoccupied with all of her stuff going on that she just didn't come and she forgot to tell me. Mm -hmm. So maybe she's at home. One of the biggest things that there was something wrong to her parents, like, when they realized, like, they called the police almost right away, like, the next morning when her uh, roommates were like, we don't know where she is. Like, this this is not good. The biggest indicator that something was wrong to everyone was that her dental floss was still at home. Because no matter where she went, she always took her dental floss and she was very adamant about always brushing her teeth and always flossing no matter what and she used very expensive dental floss and they knew but, that she would never leave without it but she went to that meeting she would have taken it to that meeting with her well no because after that meeting she was supposed to go, go to back the, home mm-hmm. okay so they were like if she came home and we just missed it because we're all studying for our finals but she still would have taken her floss to mm-hmm. go to this german yeah show. because popcorn That makes sense. I mean, hello. (laughs) I don't know. I don't carry floss in my pocket. Apparently, I have to start. If you're going to German movies and eating popcorn. I don't eat popcorn at movies. I don't really like popcorn. Because I don't like the kernels getting stuck in my teeth. That's... Ew, Jonathan has tonsil pockets. That's gross. I don't... Nope. And... (laughs) (laughs) She's doing the Leslie... Oh, my God. I mean, Alinda! <laughs> Stop talking to it's... your boyfriend. Shut the fuck up. Stop smiling at him! <laughs> okay, next. Since our food is delayed. Roberta Parks. She is 20 years old. This is May 6th, 1974. She goes missing from the campus at Oregon Street. So it's Oregon State University, which kind of throws off the police because they're like, he was at Washington. Now he's in Oregon. How far apart? Granted, they're not that far apart. He has a car. Yeah. But so Susan Rancourt was April 17th. And then Roberta Parks was May 6th. Oh, that's. Totally enough time. (laughs) I mean, it is. It is. But, like, at this point, everything in Washington kind of, like, dies down. Like, there's not a lot going on as far as people disappearing and stuff like that. It's, like, one person every month. What do you mean? Yes. But 
the thing is, at this point, cops are not communicating. They never do. Across counties. They never did. Let mm-hmm. alone across state lines. Ever. Okay. Like, it wasn't really a thing. It took them fucking forever to figure out that it was the same goddamn person. Just between counties. Mm-hmm. So then, like, states, they were like, we... Our guy is not over there in Utah. He's a Washington man. <laughs> like, fucking morons. I thought you said this is Colorado. I, I know. Oregon? Utah. I'm just saying, in general. <laughs> in general. I'm saying in general. We're not on the West Coast. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, in general. Like, there's a lot of states that this shit happens in. And every state is like, that's not our man. Our man. He's off. Oh. From here, his home state. This mm-hmm. is all he's ever gonna go to. No one crosses those state lines. Like, bitch, please. I'd be up in Pennsylvania all the time. Right? Tax free shopping. Hello. <laughs> this do be true. Anyway. So on May 6, nineteen seventy-four, Roberta Parks, a lot of people called her Kathy because her middle name is Kathleen. She was abducted from Oregon State University which is approximately 250 miles away from Seattle because his whole idea was to throw off the investigators. So he went out of his usual quote-unquote hunting grounds. So a friend of Kathy Parks is Cheryl Smith. She had spotted her coming her out of her room at 11 p.m. that night, and they normally would get like a late dinner together in the cafeteria at the same time her friend Lorraine has stopped to talk to her not too far away from the dining hall and Lorraine said that her friend looked really preoccupied and sad that night and they had talked about everything it was because Kathy's sister had called earlier telling her that like hey dad suffered from a heart attack he's fine he's going to recover But she was just really emotionally struggling with that. At this time, Ted said that he was following her, but he did not intend to grab her. He was actually going for Lorraine. Mm -hmm. But then he heard the conversation between the two of them, and he thought that Kathy would be the more emotionally... What is that word? Vulnerable? Yes, the more uh, emotionally vulnerable person to go after with asking for help. So he did the same thing he always does. He abducted her and she was never heard from again. Yeah. No, this is it. it. Yep. So now we're going to... Did he off them all in the same way? Uh, Kind of. We're going to get into his MO. But some people were a little different. So some of his victims... He claimed to have kept, like, one or two of them alive for a couple of days after he kidnapped them, and, like, he would rape them and did everything. He have a, did he have a place where that he took them to? <laughs> no. So he... Okay. Yeah, so, like, I don't really see how that could have happened. For the most part, there were a lot of parks that he would take their bodies to, and he would leave them in very secluded areas, and he would come back for probably four days, follow, like, so he would... Attack them, take them to the mountain, he would rape them, and then he would kill them. And then he would come back and he would... Take the body? No, he would use it for his own pleasure. What is that word? Necrophilia. Necrophilia. 
Uh huh. So he would just. I just got a dasher. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he would go back sometimes up to four days, but he said a lot of the time that he would have to stop those activities because after four days, decomposition really took a toll on that part of their body. Mm-hmm. So gross. <laughs> Makes sense, though, because all the bacteria. Ugh. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Your flora. Anyway, he's just fucking disgusting. So (laughs) now he's going back to Washington. Washington. It is May 31st, 1974. Brenda Ball, she is five foot three. She has very lively brown eyes, beautiful brown hair. On the night of May 31st to June 1st, so that evening, she had gone to a tavern alone, and she told friends that day that she was going to get a ride to Sun Lakes, which is the eastern side of the state, and meet them there later. She stayed at the tavern till 2 a.m. She asked one of her friends who was a musician at this tavern to give her a ride, but he was going the other way. So the last time Barbara was seen, she was seen in the parking lot talking to a man with his arm in the sling. Because she was such a free spirit, they said that she was very like, I'm going to go do this and do that. And a lot of her friends were like musicians and bands, and she was just like always doing something fun. Her friends didn't really think anything suspicious of her absence until 19 days later. Holy crap. And so that's that's really that on uh, Brenda. Dude, I'm telling you, some of the shit, like I was just like, Oh, my God. Let me tell you guys now. Mm-hmm. 24 hours, no text from me. Call the fucking cops. I tell oh, you no, guys no, 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 that no. after Fuck six that. hours. No, because you don't even text me. You don't even call me. What? I Bullshit. No. Fine. You know. You twice yesterday. When is the last time I've I talked to Lydia? Fuck y'all. Oh, Lydia. Lydia, I couldn't even do that. I She'd have to tell someone else. No, I have this told. Is why no, never mind. No, I have told all of you. Six hours, no contact for me in any form whatsoever. You know that is rare and you need to come looking for me ASAP. I don't give a shit. If you don't see me on Snap, Insta, Facebook, if I don't message you on any of those things or regular or group chats, you better come looking for me. How often am I that inactive unless I'm at work? You know yesterday, where to find me. Yesterday <laughs> I was asleep when you guys called, and that's why I messaged you back so late when I was like, huh, what happened? Because I woke up, and then I fell back asleep, and I woke up at 3, and I got out of bed, and I looked at Jonathan. I was like, how did you let me sleep that late? He was like, you I needed just, it. Apparently. And Because I was on FaceTime with Linda, like... When I got off of FaceTime with you? Yeah. And then I knocked out till 3 (laughs) o'clock. And I was just like, what the fuck? And Jonathan's like, I mean, I just woke up. I was like, when the fuck did you wake up? He's like, at 1. I was like, it's (laughs) 3 o'clock. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. He was awake. (laughs) Yeah, he's been playing. He wasn't awake. awake. No Man's Sky. No, he gets sucked into that. I don't know what that freaking is. game. Oh, girl, he's gonna try and go out there and nope. coerce you into playing it. Anyway, I like my Fortnite. Thank you. <laughs> As seen by my six thirty a.m. solo win. <laughs> Whoop! 
Victory Royale. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. So now it is June 11th, 1974. Georgiana Hawkins is 18 years old. She is tiny. Hopkins? Hawkins. Hawkins. Did I say Hopkins? I don't know what you said. I heard a... And a... (laughs) And I heard a... Somewhere in there. But anyway, she had beautiful long dark hair, large brown eyes, and she was an exceptionally bright student. If you haven't figured it out, everyone has beautiful long brown hair. Except for that one chick. Yes. She was the only one who didn't have brown hair. Okay. She Soloring could have got it snatched up. <laughs> no. Mm. I don't fit the profile. Oh. Everyone's tiny and cute and petite. How I, tall was he? I don't remember. I, I feel like a decent height. Mm, don't get too excited. Like what? Five eleven? Something like that. Five ten. He's hey. only an inch taller than me. Was only an inch taller than me. When was this man born? Oh my god! <laughs> Hold on. Nineteen forty-six. Okay, never mind. So he's almost thirty at this point. He's twenty-eight. When all this is going on. Okay. Yeah. So she's 5'2". A lot of the girls that has their heights, and they're all around like five foot to like... Five, five. Maybe five, six. <clears throat> One of the girls is really tall. We're going to get to her in a second. <sighs> Georgiana. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She maintained straight A's throughout her entire time at college. She was having trouble with Spanish and considered dropping the chorus, but at this point... She was cramming for her Spanish finals, and she was meeting up with one of her friends to study. She had stopped by her boyfriend's room to say goodnight to him, and she was on her way back to her dorm. Her dorm was only six houses down from his. What? She got snatched up that quick? Holy shit. A friend had actually called out of their window to her. While she was walking, and they talked for a minute, they said goodnights. She had walked 30 feet before he struck her in the head. Damn. And there were And two. nobody heard anything? Nope. Shit. Her roommate noticed that something was wrong about two hours later because she was supposed to come back. And so she called her boy she called georgiana's boyfriend and he was like no she left my place around 1 a.m she should have been there like at what 105 (laughs) yeah so she woke up the house mother because they lived in a sorority and they waited for her they called the police in the morning and because of all the other disappearances in the area they immediately acted one of the things that the house mother did say is that around this time like when Georgiana should have been coming back the house mother had woken up because she heard a really loud scream but because they basically live on sorority row she just thought it was people outside playing around Mm -hmm. so she didn't do anything she didn't think anything of it one of the things that Ted talks about with Georgiana is he says that I didn't really talk too much to her after I put her in the car, but I know she was a really sweet girl and she was probably extremely studious because after I had knocked her out and put her in the car, we hadn't gone too far and she woke back up and she was really confused and she thought I was there to help her study for her Spanish exam. 
and she was talking to me about her Spanish her Spanish notes. Oh, God. He was like, at that point, I just knocked her out again, so she would stop talking. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you oh, piece shit. of shit. Yeah, he said he pulled over, and then um, he strangled her to death after he knocked her out. I was just like, you're such a fucking piece of shit. Oh. So this is this is this is one of like the craziest ones. Okay, it's not. They're all like f-ing ridiculous. But these two happen in the same day at the same place around hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Did he need all of them? No. <laughs> so, Dang. Janice Ott. She is twenty three years old. She's five feet tall she's beautiful okay i every single person she's like their hair is long and luxurious <laughs> that's so pretty <laughs> <laughs> oh my god like i'm gonna show you so many pictures they were so them. pretty <laughs> they were so cute <laughs> So she worked as a probation caseworker in King County Youth Service in Seattle. She was educated in psychology of the antisocial personality. She Weird. had a very kind personality <laughs> and she loved to help special she loved to help others especially if they needed um, special guidance. She was a newlywed. She had just been married for a year and a half. Who's the other person? Hold on. So at this point, she was in Washington because she had to leave for work for a little bit. And she was actually really sad about it. So she left a note for her uh, roommate. And she was like, I'm just going to go for a bike ride down to the lake and, you know, just kind of hang out in the sun to kind of get my spirits back up. She said she would be home by four and she never came home. She went to Lake Sammamish, and around this time, they're Bless doing... Bless you. <laughs> I'm so happy that wasn't just me. What? That's the name of the lake, Sammamish. Bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. And with your spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to say that when people say, bless you. Anyway, so some of the people had said, like, some of the people at the lake, there was a lot of, like, July festivities going on. When was this? You uh, never said a date. July 14th, 1974. Okay. It was this huge state park. And I don't know. It, like, there's even videos. Like, people sent in, like, home videos from that day. Place is packed. Like, mm-hmm. it is bumping. Okay? Lots and lots of people. One man said that he did see her. A man with a cast had walked up to her. She was really nice to him. It looked like he was trying to get her to help with something. And that was the last people had seen of her, her helping this man with a cast. So hmm. same day, Denise Nasland, N-A-S-L-U-N-D, she is 18 years old. She is studying to be a computer programmer. She worked part-time in an office. Her and her boyfriend of nine months had planned a picnic and they went to the park that day. They got into, like, a tizzy or something, and so she, like, stormed off to the bathroom. On her way back, 
people said that she had saw her talking to a man with a cast on and they know that like he needed help but they didn't really know too much like she was just like no i don't really want to talk to you right now because she's like I'm pissed off at my boyfriend. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> right? But then she did end up helping him. She never came back. But one of the biggest things was that she had her dog with her at the park. And she took her dog with her to the bathroom. And they found the dog roaming around the park without her. So they were like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> she would never <laughs> leave her dog. Like, ever. Right. Just like the chick didn't leave her floss. Correct. So one of the big things that is happening with the investigation so far is like, okay, so what? Utah, Washington, who knows where else? Lord. Anyway, so the two women that went missing at Lake Sammamish Park, they're like interviewing tons of people. And some of the witnesses were like, okay, we know, like, we don't know these women, but like, I was walking by and like I heard the guy introduce himself and like she was like, yeah, this is my name. And then he was like, oh, I'm Ted. Like straight up just giving his name. Like he was telling them like, oh, I'm Ted. How are you? You know, I just need help with this thing to get it into my my car. And they knew at this point that he was driving a Volkswagen Beetle. And they were saying it was, like, a tan, light brown, maybe a gold color. And they're just like, okay, so this is, like, the first time where they're really getting, like, they're getting his name. They're getting what the car is. Like, everyone knew it was a Beetle, but they didn't really know kind of what color it was because everything was happening late at night. So it's just like... Were they finally investigating? Yes. At this point, they're like really really investigating especially because two women have gone missing in the same day hours apart in literally the same fucking place yeah and both of them were seen talking to a man with his arm in a sling named ted they put together a sketch based on the description that some of the witnesses were giving the detectives at this time liz and ted are still together like yeah he's going out and she said that and one of the things that he would do is, like, if they would get into a fight or he would say that he's going to go work and do something and have to work late, he would, like, leave and come back. But she never really thought too much of it just because of how he was, like, with him being so erratic and their on and off again relationship. When everything happened at the lake and they released a sketch of the possible suspect, she was like, oh, shit, it looks like Ted. And then her friend came over and was like, did you see this? And she was just like, yeah, it looks like Ted. And then they're like, okay, well, Ted fucking has the Volkswagen Beagle. A Beagle. (laughs) (laughs) You got so excited. A Beetle. Like, what do we do? And then her friend's just like, we got to tell the police. Like, hello. So then they call, her friend ends up calling the police because Liz didn't really want to do it. She was like, you go ahead and call and whatever. They called the police and her, her friend is like, my friend's boyfriend looks just like this man. His name is Ted. He has a Volkswagen Beetle. But you're saying it's this color and his Beetle is that color. And they're like, no, we're telling you it's this gold color. It was either gold or tan. I don't remember who was saying what. 
but... The police probably said it was tan because his was, like, a yellow-gold kind of color. Yeah, okay. So <clears throat> they were like, it's a tan beetle. And they are like, are you sure? Because he has a gold one. And then they're like, yeah, we're telling you, it's tan. So then... So they never looked into it? He was on their list, like, their top 100 people. But that phone call did not prompt them to look into him further. So they had, like, a list of people, but they were just like, we have him on this top list because some of the things fit in, but he's so well-educated. We've talked to him before, uh, just I in guess general. could be considered tan. Maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. It's dingy looking. But they were basically like, he's so well-educated, he's well-spoken, all it's of this like a beige stuff. Tan. And they were like, he would never be that kind of person. So they never really looked into him. And they just thought, like, at this point, really, if you had the name Ted or you had a beetle, everyone was basically like, oh, my family member. Like, they were just, mm-hmm. like, calling. So, no, they were just like, it's fine. It's not him. I can see the confusion. Though. Go about your day. Like a dirty off-white, I mean, off-yellow kind of. Mm-hmm. In the fall of 74... He re-entered, he enters the University of Utah Law. He moved to Salt Lake City, Utah, while Elizabeth remained in Seattle. He was still kind of on and off with Elizabeth, but at the same time, he was dating more women while he was in Utah. On September 7th, 1974, body parts of Janice Ott, Nesland, and Hawkins are recovered two miles away from Lake Sammamish State Park. Oh, damn. Yep. You said Janice, Denise, and who else? Hawkins. It says Ott, Nasland, and Hawkins. Oh, crazy. And that was because there was people from the college, and they were doing, like, a... What are those, like, police state rangers? Oh, my God. What are those people called? Park officers, national park officers, kind of. They were, like, doing just, like... A class. Like a sweep or something? Yeah, it was like they were just walking through the forest or whatever, and they just literally stumbled upon it. And you said that was on September 7th? Mm Mm-hmm. So he's back in Utah. When they find the bodies. When they find three of them. Correct. October 18th, 1974, Melissa Smith goes missing. She is from Midvale, Utah. She is the daughter of Midvale's police chief. Oh, he done fucked up now. Everyone said she was a very cautious girl. She grew up in a very small Mormon town. She's quiet. Even though her father would worry about all of his kids, they taught them to be, like, very aware of your surroundings and have, like, safety awareness. They said that growing up, Melissa was very fearless because she's like, I live in this very small, tight-knit Mormon community. Nothing's going to happen to me. She had plans to attend a slumber party. She was... How old was she? <laughs> 17. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, don't Just knock it because... No. We still have slumber parties. We do not call them slumber parties. Or we call them true. sleepovers. What the heck is that word that you use? Somebody, somebody sent it before. What? Night stay. Oh, that's that was Lydia and I. We called it um, not a bed rest. It wasn't a sleepover. It was an awake stay 
because okay, we were planning on sleep. staying okay. awake <laughs> the whole time. So we're like, it can't be a sleepover if we're not asleep. So it's an awake stay. <laughs> oh, okay. like when all of the children are at my apartment and it's an awake stay. Yes, but with a Lydia little bit I, of like, nap time in there. Yeah, yeah, but it was like it was seriously like one or two o'clock in the morning, and we were like, "No, we're gonna have coffee and we're gonna stay awake." And literally twenty minutes later, we passed <laughs> out. Okay, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> well, we were planning on going over to Leslie's, and we we're like, "We know where you sleep, <laughs> and you know where you slept too." <laughs> so that was the whole thing. It was an awake stay. <laughs> that's what I was thinking of. I don't know why. Yeah, slumber party, that's like a five-year-old thing. How dare you? I don't know. Unless you're actually going through all the actions of having a, you know, a slumber party. party. No. A they slumber are party? different. I mean, we have slumber parties. We, we have parties. And then we slumber here. When that alcohol hits. Yeah. It do be a slumber. I do have you some do be good laying like a for that. Oh. Patreon though from her. <laughs> I have some from uh, Tessa's birthday party <laughs> from two years ago. My dasher is finally on the way. Jesus Christ! I should send him a message. Be like, thank God. It's not his fault. Anyway, they couldn't find one. Find one. What? They couldn't find a dasher to pick it up. That was the issue. No. So on October eighteenth, Melissa had plans to attend a sleepover. She ended up walking to a local pizza parlor because her friend had gotten into a fight with their boyfriend, mm. and she went to go console her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. After this, she had plans to go Wait, home. she went to go console the boyfriend? The girlfriend. The girlfriend. You said boyfriend. My bad. I was confused. I read boyfriend. It says quarrel <laughs> with her boyfriend, and then I said boyfriend again. After she consoled her friend, her plan was to go home, pick up her overnight clothes, and then go to the party. She never made it home, and she never made it to the party. Mm, weird. <laughs> she was found 90... The slumber party? She never made it. Oh, no. She was found... Was that at her house? Not at her house. If she was going home to get her clothes and stuff and oh. head to the party, I don't think so. Could okay. have been upstairs and downstairs. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> she was found nine days later, a very far, far, far away from her home. And she How was far is far? Very I'm far. getting there. Hmm. Summit Park, Utah, near Salt Lake City. What's what's the mileage? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't even know second. where she freaking lives. Midville. Midvale. At least I oh. check the hours. On the drive. There's too many. No, no, no. I thought Midvale was her last name. No. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa Smith. Oh, my God. Smith was her middle name. Midvale was the last name. <laughs> anyway, um, her head was severely... Oh. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Go ahead. Onward. Her head was severely beaten with perhaps a crowbar. Her body had... Crowbar? Been- Crow, 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 <laughs> with a fucking bar. <laughs> I don't know, crowbar, crow, crowbar, <laughs> crowbar. Just keep going. <laughs> anyway, uh, she was extremely point. battered. Leslie, you see her fingers doing this? I stretched thing? them out. I swear. <laughs> she had been strangled, raped, and sodomized, and Ted did confess to her murder before his execution. 
We're well, pause now here? we know he was executed. How are we going to continue? Sorry. <laughs> Put your phones away. Wait. I want to see Big Bird. It's really not that funny. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's hilarious. He's like, no, you should not be laughing that hard. I can focus better now that I'm not hungry. Okay. Can you, though? Yeah. No. A little bit better. I won't be thinking about food and watching my DoorDash the whole time. True. So her body was found, right? Yes. Nine Nine days days later. later. Yeah. You said that? Did you say that? that. I did. (laughs) That was so weird. I, that's why I was like, wait, did it actually come out of my mouth? I thought I felt my vocal cords go. <coughs> Her vocal cords go. I thought it was the <laughs> echo in this. So after Smith's body is found at Summit Park, mm-hmm. a couple days after her body is found, mm-hmm. so October 31st, 1974, mm-hmm. Laura Amy is abducted from lehigh utah she is 17 years old this is the only one that really stood out height wise she's six feet tall she had dropped out of high school and moved in with friends and she was working small jobs at the time a lot of people referred to her as a drifter she talked to her parents almost every day but no one had noticed that she had been missing until four days after Halloween. Why? Because she was a drifter. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said that she mm-hmm. talked to her parents every day. Yeah, but sometimes when she would go between place to place, there would be, like, little gaps. But no one had really noticed anything for four days when they were like, okay, this is this is a little weird. On Halloween night, she had gone into a cafe, and she got bored with everything that was going around there. Mm-hmm. So she left around midnight, and she headed to a park. She had been drinking, but everyone said she wasn't drinking that much. It was just, like, kind of social drinking, nothing too big or whatever. Mm-hmm. Her body was found a month later. Holy cow. On a riverbank in Wasatch Mountains. Her face was severely beaten beyond recognition. She was nude. They could tell that she had been strangled. What they looked like, they said the, a lot of the marks looked like it was from a pry bar. She had been sexually assaulted, assaulted, but they don't really know too much about how everything went down because 
everyone was like, she wouldn't have gone without a fight, but she was drinking. But they also said that she wasn't drinking enough for her to not be able to fight back. But because a lot of the area was so secluded and with it being Halloween, like if there was something like a little weird going on, people might not have really thought too much about it with it being Halloween night. Did I ask that question before? What? Was there like a serial killer that only did like Halloween? No, you didn't ask that. Maybe I thought it in my head. Not like today, but like ever. No, I don't remember that. I wonder. Like every year on Halloween? Mm-hmm. Like same. No, let's not post that because I don't need people getting ideas. Yeah, please. <laughs> so this is kind of from here. It's like the beginning of the end for Ted because this is when shit starts to go wrong. I I guess. I don't know. I don't know how you want to put it. So... On November 8th, 1974, Ted is at a mall in Utah, and he's posing as a police officer. So he goes into the mall, and he finds this girl. Her name is Carol DeRanch. She's 18 years old, and he sees her walking around the mall. So he walks up to her and tells her, like, hey, someone was trying to break into your car. We got them. We apprehended him. And I just want you to come out to your car and see if there's anything mythi- missing from your car. How did he know it was hers? Exactly. Ex- just <laughs> just go with it. So he gets her out to the car and they check the car or whatever. And she's like, no, there's nothing, mythi- bleh, nothing missing. <laughs> uh, so, you know, can I go now? And he was like, well, would you mind coming down to like make a statement or anything like that? And she was like, sure why not and she said at this point like she wasn't too weirded out by the whole thing because she grew up to basically respect cops and like so she didn't think too much about it but she said he had started acting weird so she asked him for his id because when they got to his car she was like he like she's like i could kind of dressed up like but no. not in a police car. Yeah, like she was like, well, maybe he's like undercover or something, and she could kind of smell alcohol in his breath, but she didn't know. So she asked for his ID, and then he pulled out a cop ID with his face on it. So she was like, oh okay. So she was like, I'm, I guess I'm gonna go with him then. So they walked to this one place, and he was like, oh, I guess they're not in here because the door was locked. He's like, they might have taken him down to the station. Let's go down to the station. So as they're walking to his car, and she was like, it's this like kind of sort of beat up like Volkswagen Beetle. So at this point, I'm getting really like weird feelings from this whole situation. He ends up grabbing her and putting a handcuff on her wrist. And at this point, she starts freaking out. She's trying to get out of the car because she was like in the car. So she's like trying to get out. He's trying to put the other thing on her. She ends up like flying from the like she jumped out of the car and she sees another car coming by and she flags down that car and she's telling them that this guy tried to kidnap her. But he fucking leaves like he's gone. Obviously, like, that didn't go over well for him. He leaves, he goes, and she ends up doing, like, a whole police report and everything. So they have that. At the actual police station. Yes. (laughs) So they, (laughs) she did give a description of Ted to the police and his car. But later that day, Ted had gone not too far away to a high school. And there was, I think it was like a concert or something going on. 
Oh, it was a play that her, um, Deborah Kent, she is 17 years old. Her younger brother was in the play. She had gone and her parents were there and she told her parents she wanted to get something from the car or something like that. And the play had started, but her parents figured, oh, well, the play started. So she might be like in the back, just waiting to like come up or whatever. So by the time intermission came, they were like, no, this is weird. She's not anywhere. No one's seen her. And so they end up calling the police and they basically take their statements like what happened, all of this stuff. They end up finding a handcuff key in the parking lot that fits the handcuff that was stuck on Carol. Carol DeRanch. Did they ever find Deborah? We're getting there. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. <laughs> so at this point, Elizabeth is like at home. She's still talking to Ted. They're still like in their on again, off again relationship. And she realizes that, okay, well, Ted is currently in Utah while I'm over here in Washington still. Women are disappearing again in Utah. So at this point, she herself contacts the police and she sits down and she does an interview with the police. They started to take a more serious look into Ted, but they still were like, but the color of his car isn't right. But she was like telling them, she was like, you know, there are things that he does like one night he came home and he just like came into the house and just laid and put his head in my lap and started crying and then I'm asking him like you know what's wrong what's happening what's going on and he's just like sometimes I just get these urges and I don't know what to do and I'm just like I'm scared and he's just laying in my lap crying and I'm just like playing with his hair trying to get him to calm down and then she later finds out that that is the night that he committed one of his murders earlier in that night Ooh. So he kind of sort of does like a hiatus for a couple of months. The next time something pops up is January 12th, 1975. Uh, Karen Campbell, it's C-A-R-Y-N. She was at a hotel in Colorado with her husband. And she, they were, it was like a ski resort. And she told him that she wanted to go get something from their hotel room so he was like okay sure whatever like he was doing something and she walked to go get the magazine that she wanted to read while he was doing something and she never came back that was fast yeah yep how long did it take for the husband to know that not too long okay like he was just kind of like what the like she said she wouldn't be gone that long and then he went to like go look she wasn't in the room he was asking people if they saw her like it it happened pretty quickly on in for that one because it was just it wasn't like oh i'm gonna go do this thing what was he doing at a ski resort don't we remember he was stealing skis and forging ski lift tickets oh shit i (laughs) forgot about that that happened so long ago yeah (laughs) so her body was actually found a few weeks later in a snowbank outside of the resort village damn Mm. yep with everything that's going on he is Still in Utah, they're obviously looking for this man who had, like, that botched abduction attempt of Carol. And then Karen goes missing, but then they find her body a couple weeks later. The other girl goes missing. So a lot is happening around the Salt Lake City area. And they're like, okay, everyone's basically on high alert. 
in this area now too, aside from like all the other areas that everything has happened at, in August of 75, Ted, they said he was kind of like hanging around in this neighborhood, acting a little sketchy, and they're doing like patrols of all of the areas. And Sergeant Bob Hayward had seen Ted kind of like cruising around a residential area at three in the morning. He saw the cop. Well, he saw the car and then the cop turned on his high beams and he freaked out. And then he just like fled like in his car. He just like went for it. So the cop chases him, pulls him over. He searched his car. He found pantyhose, a ski mask, a pry bar, an ice pick and handcuffs inside of the car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he was apprehended for that and they took him down to the police station. You said this was in August? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there wasn't, like, a lot going on between those two months. I'm, what do you mean by ski mask? Like a like the cloth one where the eyes and the yeah. nose hole? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making sure. I don't know. No, you're fine. I thought it was, like, ski goggles yes. in my head when she said it. And then I was like, huh? Okay. <laughs> Pickaxe, Leslie. Pickaxe. <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> he was not detained for this. They did take him down, and they he went through questioning and everything. And how they got him arrested was they charged him with evading the police. And then it was something like, fuck, what is that word? Like materials for committing a robbery and some, some shit like that. Because of, like, the crowbar right. and the, all that shit. So they were like, he could potentially be burglarizing, but Attempted we don't know. Not, Not paraphernalia. Really. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So they had, like, tried to charge him for that, but they can't really keep you on those charges. So they basically put you in a holding cell for a little bit, questioned you, and then released you. And then it's like, hey, you got to come back, like, for your court date or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. So while he's waiting for all of that to happen, on August 2nd, 2000, 2000, motherfucker, 1975, Ted Bundy, along with several other people, are put into a lineup, Hmm? like a police lineup. Yeah. We understand that. Oh, you said, hmm. So that's why I was like... I've been saying, hmm, this whole time. No, you said it anyway. So... You You said it questioningly. Yeah, other times you're like, hmm. And this one had a little hint of, hmm. Fine, I'll start saying, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so... Leslie hates Durant and two other women actually pointed him out in the lineup. They said that he kind of tried to change his appearance at points. Like, he would either, like, part his hair different ways, or he would kind of, like, just do something different with his hair or dress differently than what he would. So he would try to throw people off but he was picked out by the three women in this police lineup. So he was arrested and charged with attempted kidnapping of Carol. This is where the fun stuff happens. Okay, it's not really fun, but whatever. So Ted is in jail, everybody. Freaking finally. Forever later, he is freaking finally in jail. Okay, it's only been two years. This... This is what I find fascinating. Okay. This is not why I like him, but this is why I am so invested in this man. Because 
I used to hear all about everything with like the crimes and murders and everything that he committed. And obviously, piece of shit. Yes, I get it. But then when the, what was it, the Ted Bundy tapes came mm-hmm. out and he's sitting there talking about, I was just like, stop, stop. That happened? I was, Can you even trust him, though? It was documented. I know. But some of the things that he talked about, I don't know. The things that he did was like... They they had people in the jails. Yeah, I know. So then, shut up. But yeah, so... Fascinating. With him being arrested and him going to trial, I'm going to leave the rest for next week's episode. The fuck? <laughs> you, you get me all hyped up, <coughs> and then you leave me here. Yeah, this episode's getting a little long. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and... A lot of this, you'll see. But it's going to be a good one, you guys. So where do we want our missing person from? Utah. I was going to say Utah, too. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. You ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So today's missing person is from Utah. His name is Jameson Nathaniel Gordon. He is 23 years old. He has green eyes, brown hair. He's about six foot and weighs 140 pounds. He was last seen January 4th, 2021 in Orem, Utah. He has been diagnosed with schizophrenia. He does have suicidal ideation and has depression. He was last seen wearing a hoodie and running pants. He wears glasses and he might be carrying a backpack with an Asian flower type design in black and white. If you see him, please contact Orem City Police at 801-229-7070. And again, it is Jameson Nathaniel Gordon from Orem, Utah. And we will post some pictures. You guys wake up. I'm fine. Why do you're, we need ta- to, you're talking about the missing person. <laughs> we never like, talked during it. Never. <laughs> but yeah. Oh my god. Did you just Batman out? Yes. I think so, honestly. <laughs> oh lord. I guess we'll see you guys next week. Oh, I put my blanket over my mouth. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Bye, everybody. (laughs) Don't forget. Have a good week. Rate, review, subscribe, Mm, follow. Go to our website. Hopefully, by now, I've harassed Jonathan enough after he's harassed Linda so much to put up her page. (laughs) And also, Patreon, we do have some new videos. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, I'll have the, the audio clips. (laughs) <laughs> of karaoke before uh, recording. Must have been some good singers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let the Patreons decide. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, have a good week, you guys. We'll see you next week, Tuesday. Peace out, Girl Scout. Bye. Thanks for listening to East Coast Creepin'. Cover art by Leslie Lozano. Music from Premium Beat. Editing by Larry Bark at Revitalist Recording Studio. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok 
at ECC the podcast. Don't forget to rate and review. See ya.